Welcome to another episode of the ADHD Families Podcast. Today I have the incredible Narelle, who is the founder of Simply Happy. She's a professional organiser, a yoga teacher and with an educational background. She helps individuals and families with organisational challenges to implement simple organisational strategies so that they can create a clutter-free, safe, functional and happy home. She's a mum of two teenagers and has recently been formally identified as neurodivergent. Hello, I'm Sharon Collin and you are listening to the ADHD Families Podcast. I am a mum of three beautiful boys with ADHD. I love being a mum, but my home life was absolute chaos and the stress of daily life had a terrible effect on my health. My husband had so many horror-filled stories of growing up with ADHD that I decided I wanted to change the experience for my little boys. So I got to work and I systematically changed and streamlined my family's lives to suit the ADHD brain. And now that I have my family on track, I want to help yours. Do you want a life with your beautiful kids that is more functional, fun and full of joy? Let's explore together the wonderful and sometimes wacky world of raising kids with ADHD. Welcome, Narelle. Oh, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I'm so excited. Now, I was on your podcast, oh, was it like a couple of years ago now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. It's nearly 100 episodes in a couple of weeks. Oh, it's doing so well. So I'm really excited that we get to have another chat today and I get to hear a little bit about your story. Yes, it's, it's weird to be on the other side and be <laughs> the one not asking the questions. So tell me a bit, little bit about what you do and why. So I'm a professional organiser, so going into people's homes and helping them create like clutter-free environments that are functional for them and their families. So I do work with a lot of neurodivergent families is probably the majority of people that I do work with. And, oh, I love it. I was a teacher. So there is a bit of a crossover and I especially love like working in the holidays when there's kids actually home from school and getting them involved. That's one of my love, love things that I love doing in the holidays. And because parents are always like, oh, oh, the kids are going to be home. Is that going to be? Oh, no, that's going to be great. It's fantastic. And they love getting involved. And, um, yeah, so I just sort of slowly worked my way out of teaching and um, got into this, oh, gosh, I can't even remember, seven years ago, six years ago or something now. So it's been a while. I do do a tiny bit of teaching on the side now and then, um, only for NDIS purposes, for line items that I use and to keep my qualification. But um, generally, I'm professional organising five days a week. So tell me uh, what a family would typically ask for your help with. Ooh, it re really ranges. So right now over the holidays, it's around toys, so decluttering toys. And it's great because then you've got the kids there because the mum might be like, oh, they don't play with that, they don't play with that. But when they're there, they'll actually say, oh, no, I love that. Oh, we love this. And really interesting yesterday because it was like three children, a four-year-old, a eight-year-old, and an 11-year-old. And some of the things the 11-year-old wanted to still keep and really enjoyed playing with, the mum would have been, oh, no, no one plays with that. But she was like, no, no, I love this. When we play kitchens, I use this for this particular part of the game. So she was really creative little soul as well. Um, so that's the best thing in the holidays 
about having the kids there because you actually hear the stories about the toys and what they're going to do. And then when it comes to during the out of school, like back in school term, sorry, it might be like pantries. So we may be organising it so the kids are able to access the, you know, cereals, make their own breakfast, make their own maybe school lunches. So it's looking at like the lunch boxes and where they are stored. And, you know, even in their bedroom, it's looking at clothes, how they can actually dress themselves, looking at those goals around independent um, living. And it might be making like labels up and making sure that it's easy storage because lots of families I'll go into and it's maybe drawers and the kids can't even open the drawers. So we're looking at what's the best storage solution that's going to work and looking around the home at the piles. Where are those piles and what do we need to create? So I suppose the other bit is mainly around like sort of a front door area. So you drop zone and landing landing area and what does that look like and what can we do that's going to, you know, benefit the whole family? Oh, I love that so much. And I know that for so many people that I talk to because, you know, organisation comes up, surprise, surprise, a lot in ADHD coaching, um, often they really crave organisation and a clutter-free environment, which we talked about in your intro there. But they're just not quite sure either, one, how to make it happen or to where to get started because the problem can feel really overwhelming. So someone like you coming in and just being not only a body double but a guide of what is going to make, you know, the, the biggest impact is really, it's really important. Definitely. Like even just thinking of a client I worked with this morning and I worked with her last week, like for her to go into her, it was her desk area and her daughter had been playing up there and they put paints and textures everywhere and there was paper she'd printed out or colouring pages and there was plates, there was stuff everywhere. And the poor mum was like, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. There's just too much. So we actually pulled it out in little in washing baskets and brought it out into the lounge area and we sorted it on the table there and she goes I just could not walk in there and it was like where she does her work and things she was like I just can't work in there at the moment because there's so much things so just creating that removing that overwhelm so that they can get started same in um, like bedrooms in kids bedrooms sometimes it's like just so overwhelming and it's like where do I start what do I need to do first and just by breaking it down into those small tasks okay let's collect the washing Let's then move all the toys out. What are the things that don't even belong in this bedroom? And then the rubbish. And then we can maybe look at, okay, how are we going to best set this room up for the function we want to use it for? And do you notice a difference? Like obviously there would be a difference when you when you work with someone like the client that you did this morning and you get it all, um, you know, into a, a wonderful state and they've got a system for keeping it at a great state, um, do you, how does their body language change? Like what, what happens to that person? Oh, they're just so relieved and they just feel more confident as well and confident in being their parenting as well, their parenting skills. And, again, like that client in particular, we've been working for two years to get to this point. So for us today just to do that simple, you know, it was almost body doubling because I was bringing it out. She was able to work through that paperwork and because we have a system, so she was putting the paperwork, putting the kids' memories, things in the boxes we had, but whereas, you know, two years ago, we didn't even have that system. So, you know, she walked away at the end of that session going, oh, I feel so much lighter already. Mm. And I know that we've been putting that off for like a couple of weeks because it's not going to look 
as you know as nice as maybe other areas of the home when we do the paperwork thing it's usually the last thing that i'll do with clients because it doesn't have that big impact but mentally it has a huge impact on them and so when you set up a system in someone's home and you know you leave it looking great have you got a sort of check-in system or what do you do to help ensure the client is going having that follow-through yeah definitely so so you know revisiting it if i need to we'll have a conversation like a text message and see how they're going um, I'll send that and they'll reply and go, I need your help. And then there are some people like, it's great. I'll um, schedule another session in a couple of months time. Some of the ones I have ongoing are really like, oh, I don't want you to go. And it's like, no, 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 you, you can do this on your own. So, <laughs> um, so it's like, okay, let's go down to fortnightly. Now let's go down to monthly. And then we can check in every three months. So I, yeah, I haven't actually had people, oh, there's a couple that have completely gone off on their own. It's generally they'll come back and just want to revisit. And it's easy to then come back because you can look at the places that aren't working and go, okay, I wonder why this isn't working. So, for example, there was a, there's a client I was working with and um, we had all her paperwork set up and it was like memory issues. So it was out in her lounge. And over Christmas she wanted that put away because the kids were coming and she didn't need to be doing all paperwork over the Christmas holidays. So we put it away and then we came Jan, Feb, and her diary was like seriously this big, full of bits of paper. I was like, what's going on with your diary? She goes, I don't know. And I pulled, we pulled it all out. I'm like, oh, it's all the stuff that needs to go in the filing. She's like, yeah, I just don't want to bring it all back out here. It's so overwhelming. So we got a trolley and we put it all on this trolley. So then when the kids come around, her grandkids, she can wheel it back into the oh, office space and then bring it out when she needs to during the week. So it's always just revisiting those areas and going, why is this not working? And it was just because we'd put it all away and those extra steps it was too far for her to do during the week. So, um, yeah, just building a new system for her to work that would work for her. So it's just continually looking at it and wondering why. So what is it? Just being curious about why is this not working at the moment? Oh, I love that. I love oh, well, I love the word curious because it's, it's so much of what we do at the Functional Family. It's just experiments, right? Mm -hmm. So we're just, we just give things a try and see what works. And the best thing about the ADHD brain is that it's an ideas factory and it can think of new things to try. Um, and so you're, you know, just being curious about what solutions are and giving them a try and then, then you can refine them and, you know, make them work uniquely for that client. Yes. And I think that's, that's one of the things I'll always be like, we're just trying. It doesn't have to work because they also, some people will be really conscious about the time, the money, and they're like, oh, but I don't want you to put all this effort in and then it doesn't work. And that's, you know, that's then maybe we shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, let's just try it. And if it doesn't work, we can revisit. And especially because I love moving furniture around and, and I'm like, we can move it back. Like if it doesn't work in two months or a month, we can move that back. It's no big deal to me. So, um, and I think people get quite surprised how quickly you can change a room around in like, an, like there was a lady a few weeks ago and I was like, oh yeah, we can do this. She goes, we've only got two hours. I was like, easy, we can do this. Move all the <laughs> furniture around, move her daughter's room, bring the bookcase into her son's room, take this other shelf into his room, into her room, sorry, and um, re just redo the whole room. And she was like blown away. Like she was like, "There's no, I did not expect, I thought it was going to take us at least four hours so yeah I think 
yeah, I'm, I do work quickly, but um, I'm also been doing it for a while. So I know, yes, we can do this really easily. And already she was like, I'm so glad we did it because it's definitely working better at the moment than the way the room was set up. And I'm, I, I know that on your Instagram and on your socials, because I've been following you for a while, um, that you gi- give lots of helpful tips and things in reels and, uh, you know, about, you know, or even like little bit of, bits of body doubling, you know, effectively um, showing people how to do bits and pieces. I'd love to know for, for you as someone who does this professionally, um, what it feels like to do your job. What it feels like. Oh, it's, I actually love organizing. So that's like fills my cup anyway. So even if I came home from, you know, a client's house and I could see an area in my home, I'd actually then start organizing here. So that's something I really enjoy. <laughs> um, but I just love the satisfaction seeing people's lives change, especially kids in particular, and just seeing the parents being able to function and just getting their messages when they say, oh, my gosh, my son, like another example, the lady was saying we moved her son's bookcase and she was a bit like, why does he want it to go? It was like go vertically and it's next to the bunks. It's not really a good spot. I said, well, let's just try it. We'll see what happens. And he loved it. He was reading then every night because he could open the little door, he could pull the book out. It was a locker that he wanted there. And he could then put them back at night. And she was just blown away at that small change. And it was his input as well. That's the other thing I love is that you can get kids' input and it makes such a difference. And um, yeah, and then, you know, to revisit it again in six months time and especially as kids grow because their interests change. And in particular, neurodivergent children's interests will change quite dramatically. And so we can just go back and change it to what we need and what's, you know, required and move that furniture around in the different parts of the house that we maybe need. I think that's one of the things I love going in there and just being those fresh eyes and saying, what about this bookcase? Have you thought about moving that to the lounge and in the lounge moving that to the hallway? And they're like, oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> to me it feels like simple and, oh, why, you know, why wouldn't people think like that? But obviously that's uh, my neurodivergent brain is thinking of the solutions and always looking around the house going, well, what about we could change this? So, yeah. Sometimes I think we just get stuck, right? Like we don't even see our surroundings anymore. Yeah, yeah, true. true. I think it's, you know, like if you're looking at every something every day as well, you can just not even consider that there's a possibility that it might be done better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and definitely like Pinterest and um, and Instagram for me, like other professional organizers, just getting ideas. And, you know, there's so many different things out there, like the hacks, say buying a Kmart, um, what is it, magazine holder that could be used for your Glad Wrap or could be used for binders or drink bottles. Like they're just, they don't have to be just your standard juice that you buy it for um, is one of the things I love doing as well. Oh, I like that too. Uh, so tell me a little bit about, um, you've just been diagnosed as neurodivergent um, and I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey personally with that. Like what made you want to get a diagnosis? What, you know, uh, how did it come about? And then how have you found it since then? Sorry, that's a very stacked question. I don't know. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have done that anyway. <laughs> So it was, um, oh, so I was first got a formal diagnosis of um, autism and that was three years ago. And then the ADHD was the start of this year. So uh, my 
son was diagnosed when he was five and he's 11 now. And so that was my first sort of, oh, being a teacher too, that's where I observed it and was like, oh, my son is definitely um, autistic. I can see the traits from when he was very young. And then just learning a little bit about it and then starting to work with people. So working with, in particular, and I feel like I just told this story on another podcast, but there was a um, woman and I was really hyper-focused on the cottons and trying to get them all sorted. And um, and she was like, I don't care if the silks are with the cottons and with the blues and the greens. And I was just trying to work out how she, if she wanted to be a micro-organised or macro. And she's like, you must be autistic. You ask so many questions. <laughs> and she was herself. And I was like, I, uh, maybe I am. Yeah, a few people. So other clients had said that to me. And, um, and then just going through the diagnosis process with my daughter and um, my husband was like, you tick all these boxes. And I started also doing a lot of research through the Yellow Ladybug Foundation. And from listening to other women's stories, like three years ago, I did, I've done the conference the last three or four years. I was like, oh, that's me. Oh, that was me when I was a little kid. And um, just hearing a lot about the masking and yeah and so i related to so many of those people especially in particular last year at the conference because there was lots of women sharing their stories mm-hmm. um yeah so for me i found i could relate to so many of those things so that's when i was like i would really like to go down and look you could i could have just said um self you know identified but i really felt i needed to actually go through the process so i feel very fortunate because obviously I've had to pay for it myself to do that. And yeah, I think for me, it's helped my family to, you know, relate to me. Um, I also know for myself, I'm probably not so critical of myself as what I used to be, that negative self-talk, in particular around the ADHD as well and time blindness that I used to have, or I still do, and memory, the short-term memory things. And, um, but then it was just after the autism, I was like, okay, there's probably also a bit of ADHD there. I'll um, go down that journey. Again, just listening to lots of podcasts and going, oh, I relate to that person and that person as well. So yeah, so it's definitely self-identified and then just went through and yeah, did the actual formal um, diagnosis. Now what you described there, thank you so much for telling me a little bit about that. that you uh, really felt like it stopped once you had the diagnosis, you stopped that negative self-talk. And I just hear that again and again. And I think it's so great to just highlight that for people because sometimes I feel like uh, we beat ourselves up for stuff. And then once we go, once we understand how our brain works, whatever that is, like whatever we need, we can kind of go, oh, yeah, like it's just, Take some of that intensity out of it, all that I should be able to and why can't I, all of that stuff. You know, we can just go, okay, this is this is what I'm working with. Like, okay, I'll find strategies to help that. And, you know, like it takes some of that um, self-judgment out. Do you find... Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. The judgment for sure. Because in the past I would have been like, oh, I should be able to do that. Oh, I should have done that. Whereas now it's like, oh, no, I, you know, that's just the way my brain works and this is what I'm going to have to do to actually help me work through that. Or just like we call it an ADHD tax in our family. (laughs) So many stories of, you know, spending money on something that 
didn't need to be done like you know even buying a 50th birthday present for a friend and I'm terrible with numbers my husband said the amount to get and then I said the wrong amount and then I had to bring the place to get the (laughs) the actual charge changed and I was like that's just an ADHD tax but there's like literally weekly to daily there's something that happens that now we just laugh about it so yeah whereas in the past I would have been beating myself up in particular around money just the wasted money all the time on little things that you do wrong Mm. and so now you've got that kind of understanding you can kind of look at it with a bit of kindness I guess as well (laughs) definitely kindness just so much more self-compassion than in the past when I think of the way I talked to myself when I was younger especially you know a teenager and young adult in my 20s uh, it was terrible it was mm. just so nasty like yeah why why have you spilt that or why have you forgotten that appointment yeah so and I suppose that's why I then you know found ways to be really organized to help me but at the same time I really can't stand a cluttered environment which is why our house is very minimalist and my kids say that they will not be like me when they're older But, you know, when we go camping and we're all jammed in the car and there's all the camping stuff in there, they both cannot handle it. So I'm sure when they move out, maybe they'll try for a while, but I'm sure they'll be having me in, Mum, can you come and help us? We need some systems to have um, a clean house because I can't handle all the clutter. Do you know that's uh, really interesting that you brought that up because, yeah, I often... Yeah, I, th- I feel like having a minimalist house, like our house is pretty minimalist as well, but only because I figure if I have to pick it up like more than a couple of times, I'm going to own it. Right? Yeah. Um, but they are all comforted by like all our family members, like they get stressed in clutter. They It freaks them out. So when we were building this house and we moved in with my mother-in-law and there was lots of stuff, there was all of us living with one bathroom and it was all crazy for a while, they were really... Like everyone was really aggro all the time. <laughs> but now that we're back in our home and it's nice and clear, it's it's kind of it takes some of the intensity out of it. Definitely. I know when my kids go and stay at yeah, other people's homes and they, they come back saying, I just can't live there. There's too, ma- too much stuff, too many things. In, yeah, they, they really do like minimal, you know, things in their environment. And even when they were little with toys, they'd, They'd want them packed up and they'd try to pack them up, but they'd expect us just to pack them up because they couldn't handle, you know, the room messy and starting afresh the next morning. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because if my kids see some of the photos or some of the things from my clients, like my daughter, she's like, I couldn't work in that environment. I could not do your job, Mum. <laughs> she's quite happy to build all the cube units for me and the behind the scenes stuff for me, but she's like, no, I could never do your job. Yeah, it's funny because like some people are really comforted by stuff and some people are, it really stresses them out and you're kind of like one or the other, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I'm curious to know, so this is something that I've just been thinking of when we're talking about, um, you know, kind of those clutter-filled homes. A lot of people struggle with things that are sentimental. So how do you go, like say if someone's got a lot of things that are sentimental, um, how do you go helping them work through that? 
So usually we'll start at some, some area that doesn't have so much sentimental, like things like the bathroom generally. Sometimes that can, but generally that's a good spot to start. Sometimes the kitchen's a good spot to start because there's not as many sentimental items. And then you slowly work back towards, it's usually around clothes and toys is where the sentimental you know, area is going to be. But it's, it's letting people share stories. Once they can share the story, sometimes they, they'll just surprise you and go, okay, yeah, I don't need that now. And you're like, you just told me this story about this beautiful item, and it, but they just got that part out and they're like someone's listened and now they're ready to just let it go. Um, I think too, it's just the longer you work with someone, the more likely they are. Once they can trust you, they're happy to sort of let those things go. And I think when they also know where the things are going to, so they know some of the people that I work with, and I do share, like not obviously names and addresses or anything like that, but just sharing some people who are struggling maybe in our area and could potentially use some of these items, they really like that. So one of, you know, one of the things I really like about my job is trying to make sure that the items that are donated are given to someone who might be in need. So, so many different places around our area in Geelong that I, you know, have connections with that I'll drop things off to. Like even today, an OT centre and someone had given me a whole lot of games and I knew that they needed some more and I dropped them off to them today. So. Yeah, it's great to be able like to do that. those things. Yeah. yeah, making sure it goes to a good home too. Yes, and and then for some people, that's all they need to know. As long as it's going to someone else, um, then they're more likely to let it go. And so I give them the option, if you've got somewhere you'd like your items to go to, let me know and I can drop them there. Or otherwise, you know, I'll be dropping it at a local op shop on my way past. Excellent. Now, tell me a little bit. Um, I usually try and leave uh, our beautiful listeners with some key tips or some steps that they can do right now. Uh, so if you, someone's listening and they're looking around their home and they're going, oh, that area isn't so great, like that's gotten a bit out of control, right? <laughs> um, tell, tell us some tips that they can do. So I suppose that, like uh, there's a few different things like clutter. It could be physical clutter so your items but it might be mental clutter so it could be like your calendar you've got so many things on your calendar you're committing to too many things maybe it's also your um, digital so maybe to do with your phone too many photos you don't know the appointments that you've got everything's just cluttered up on our ipads and laptops and you're that person who has to delete everything before you can even take the next photo or maybe it is um, emotional clutter. So that's looking at guilt and fear. So you're either feeling guilty about the money that you've spent so you can't let it go, or there's fear that you may need to use that sometime. So it's working out which one of those clutter is affecting your life. And maybe it's several of those items, but usually it'll be one or two of those that's actually creating the overwhelm. So if we go back and then we go, okay, it's the physical clutter, it's looking at a hotspot. So what is one area in your home that's going to give you, you know, the biggest return? So maybe it's the front door, you're sick of falling over the kid's shoes and it's like, okay, is there something we could go through the shoes and we could make sure that we've got all the pairs and get rid of the ones that we're not using? And do we have something that we could then store them in that's really simple? Maybe it's something that you have around the house already that's not really being used and we can try that out for a bit like I'm like big on let's try it out and if it doesn't work 
um, then we change it. But also use what you've got within your home. Mm. And then if it is working, then go, okay, I'm going to go get one of those shoe storage things or a basket or something that looks nice to um, do that solution. But just looking for that hot spots in your home. It's usually your kitchen bench, your front door, your top <laughs> of your fridge. Or maybe it's in your bedroom on the floor of bedrooms. Oh, another one is is bathrooms. And it might be as simple as just adding a rubbish bin into the bathroom. Like the toilet paper builds up. And my kids had this problem with their face washers. They just dump them all over the bathroom. So I put a little basket there and now they're pulling the face washers. So it's just looking at where is the clutter building up in your home and what's something that we could do maybe it's like you know one of those round lazy susans on your kitchen bench where all the things that maybe don't have a home or you want really quick access to could live um yeah i mean i could go on forever (laughs) i love it i'm taking it in i'm thinking oh what can i what can i add but i think sometimes we get caught up in the buying of the things to organize the things we need the home first yeah it's, it's like looking at why is it sitting there? Oh, maybe because I've got too many jackets. I don't have a room, so that's why there's four on the ground in my bedroom because there's nowhere to hang them. But uh, maybe it's like decluttering those items first. Mm-hmm. Same kitchen bench generally is there's no home for, say, the batteries or the, um, I don't know, I can't even think of something else that's always on paperwork. There's always, there's never a place to put paperwork. So maybe it's like looking at a magazine holder where when you come in, it's a spot just to put your paperwork as soon as you come in. And when you've got time, you go through it, but at least it's got a home rather than building up in all different spots around the house. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today to have a little bit of a chat. I've learned a few things and (laughs) it's so great to chat with you. No, thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share those tips. I'm sure our audience will love it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ADHD Families Podcast. If you loved it, please share it on your socials. I want this to start a conversation about ADHD. If you want to make this mum do a little happy dance, please leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to know more about what we do, check out thefunctionalfamily.com. I truly hope that you enjoyed this podcast and you use it to create a wonderful, effective, joyful life with your beautiful children.